Hi there, my name is Anne-Marie Moore and I'm Principal of St Agatha's Catholic Primary School in Brisbane, Australia. Just wanted to say thank you to Will for your fantastic podcast and congratulations on your book. Being a new principal, I've just clicked over one year in September, I found your podcast to be inspiring, practical and engaging. It's such a good professional resource and it's given me so many ideas. Your recent book, Pause, Breathe and Flourish, was a Christmas present I gave to myself and I read the whole thing in two days and I'm actually on my second read of this book. What you shared in the book really, really hit home to me. I love my job as a principal. I also love my family and I love my faith and your book gave such great advice on how to find that balance that I so desperately need. I'm planning on buying another copy of your book for my deputy principal as he's getting married next year and has already expressed that same struggle with uh, finding balance and maintaining the balance in such a busy job. So thanks again, Will. Congratulations. Principal Matters podcast is absolutely brilliant and I loved your book. Keep up all the amazing work and all the best. Principal Matters podcast, episode 227. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your own school leadership. This week, I'm talking about me, myself, and Bob. Seven lessons from the rise and fall of VeggieTales in the story of Phil Vischer. Welcome back to a new semester. If you're listening to this at the time of its recording, we are now into 2021. And for those of you that are leading schools in this craziness of pandemic conditions, thank you for the hard work that you're doing every single day to serve kids, whether that's in person, hybrid, through virtual learning. I know that you're working so hard in serving students. And if you'd like to connect with additional collaboration, you can always go to my website at williamdparker.com and look at my mastermind or my executive coaching options for other ways that we can connect. But this week, I want to talk about how you manage dreams when they fail. Have you ever had a dream that you've been unable to fulfill? Phil Vischer was born in Muscatine, Iowa in 1967. He grew up mesmerized by Disney films, Star Wars, and later by MTV. And he also came from a family that was deeply religious. And as Phil grew up, he longed to see media created that would portray his Christian values in ways that were both appealing and entertaining. Phil Vischer was also a technology whiz, even at a young age. Some of his earliest memories involved making special effects with his grandfather's home video camera. And when the first Atari 400 personal computer was on the market, his family found a way to buy one for him. When he graduated high school, he went to St. Paul's Bible College in Minnesota, but he dropped out in his second year and began his first company making advertisement videos in 1989. It was during his early 20s that he began to experiment with software that allowed him to do what no one else was making at the time, at least in North America, lattice deformation, the ability to make digital images squishy instead of just blocks on a screen. And this led to a discovery of something that he could do that he had never seen done before, making cartoon characters that looked a little more human. He first created a character named 
Larry, a green cucumber with quirky eyes and a toothy smile. And later he created his sidekick, Bob the Tomato, and the veggie tales industry began. Actually, the company was called Big Ideas Production, started in August of 1993. And throughout the origin story of this company, Phil Vischer had several benefactors whose combined contributions gave him the capital to pursue his dream, making a 30-minute children's video with animated vegetables telling stories from the Bible with funny songs and Phil's brand of sly humor throughout. For the first time in his life, Phil felt he was on the verge of creating something that matched the dreams he had as a boy. He grew up idolizing the stories of Walt Disney, and he thought maybe this was the opportunity to launch something as appealing as the Disney brand, but with a focus on the values of his faith. And by 1994, Vischer had a staff of four and 50,000 orders for their first two VeggieTale videos, Are You My Neighbor and Dave and the Giant Pickle. By November 1996, with 700,000 copies of his first six videos sold, Big Ideas Productions now had 15 staff and revenues at $1.8 million. By 1997, with the release of the video Madame Blueberry, Big Ideas Production had 36 staff with $4 million in the bank and no debt. Enter his leadership team. It was at this juncture that Vischer decided to bring in some heavy hitters in finance and marketing. So he hired a new company president who took over the day-to-day -day operations and increased the staff to 80 members with 8 million videos sold. But the rapid growth soon hit several snags. As Phil's dream continued to grow, he began to wonder what would happen if Big Idea Productions became successful enough to build an amusement park, or do a movie. Already families were traveling to their offices outside of Chicago to see where Bob and Larry were being made. So that same year, Phil and his leadership team took on several new ventures in addition to children's videos. The idea for a new office headquarters launched a $10 million building project. In addition, an idea for an extended video release soon became plans for a full feature film and Big Idea Production started a new cartoon series as well as creating lots of merchandise. All of these decisions moved Big Idea Productions from creating an essential product, children's videos, to several products while hiring at a rapid rate to keep up with anticipated growth. So by July of 1999, with the release of the video Larry and the Rumor Weed, the company had 150 staff. From 1996 to 1999, revenues grew Get this, 3,300% from 1.3 million to $44 million. It seemed as if Phil's dreams were coming true, that everything he touched was turning to gold. But here's the catch. Expenses at Big Idea Productions had grown to $30 million a year, and this was not factoring in the anticipated final budgets of several of the upcoming product releases. By the start of 2001, Phil began seeing the writing on the wall. The company had 210 staff, but they missed their company's growth estimates by 80%. 15% of the staff had to be laid off, which was not nearly enough to cover the losses that Big Idea Productions was incurring, but he didn't have the heart to cut any deeper. They abandoned their plans for a new headquarters, and by the time that Big Idea Productions released its first film, Jonah, a VeggieTales movie, the company had to raise the money necessary to finish it and ticket sales did not recoup the costs. 
Then the president of their partner distribution company died. Releases of Big Idea Productions' other new product lines fell well below projections, and Big Idea Productions was sued by HIT Entertainment, the company that took over from its distribution predecessor. This meant that more cuts followed in the winter of 2002. And by April of 2003, with only 65 staff left, Big Idea Productions entered its final chapter of devastating events. HIT Entertainment won its lawsuit against them, and the company went bankrupt. Now, if you were able to follow that timeline, Phil Vischer's company went from the launch of a dream to bankruptcy in 10 years. Personally, I'm not sure if I've ever read a book that so honestly unpacks the rise and fall of someone's dreams. But Phil Vischer does not try to place the blame anywhere else but with himself. How did this young man who launched a dream at age 24 watch it unravel in just 10 years? Well, Vischer relays seven lessons that I know you may be asking, how in the world would this apply to my work as a school leader? One of the most exciting parts, I think, of leadership is applying lessons outside of our industry to our own work. When I was moving from assistant principal to high school principal, I took time to read some good business books like Jim Collins' Good to Great or Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership. And Phil Vischer's book, Me, Myself, and Bob, a true story about dreams, God, and talking vegetables, might be something that helps you too. So here are the seven takeaways from Phil's experience. Number one, never lose sight of the numbers. Like ignoring your health at your own peril, Vischer paints a picture of a company where he let go of control of the finances as it grew. He asked an important question for creative types versus managers. Who should call the shots? In his case, he says, if he could go back in time, the answer would be both. Quote, the balance between creative inspiration and good stewardship is vital to any successful enterprise. Neither can be subordinated to the other without serious and detrimental consequences, end quote. Vischer explains that whether it is a trusted partner or a board of directors, he advises that leaders find others whose mutual interests is seeing you succeed, while at the same time being willing to tell you no when it's needed. So lesson number one, never lose sight of the numbers. Lesson number two, ignore the voice that says you deserve it. Phil explains that your personal commitment to not overspending or rejecting the attitude that some work is beneath you sets an example for the others on your team. The temptation is to push expenses to match your perception of what you think is success. Pretty soon, Vischer warns, you'll start paying more for everything, and so will your organization. The temptation you deserve more should be called out for what it is, as he says, selfishness. It lures you into a mindset of extravagance rather than humility. And then Vischer applies this to his own Christian faith. Christians, he says, should believe anything good they receive is a gift of grace, not something they deserve. And so, to apply that, you should never think of yourself as better than anyone else. When it comes to money, for instance, choose the budget rental car and avoid the temptation for more. When you do, you set an example for those you lead. So lesson number two, ignore the voice that says you deserve it. Number three, 
If you successfully identify a need and create a product that meets it in a unique way, you are the expert. Now, this is an important lesson for Vischer, who doubts his own ability to lead a company without bringing in experts, even some with whom he does not share the same values or dreams about the business. His point is to not doubt the value you bring and do not keep people on your team who doubt your value. Now, for school leaders, that means having confidence in the things that you know how to do well and surrounding yourself with people who complement your weaknesses, which leads to lesson number four, know yourself. The simple lesson here is to understand your own strengths and weaknesses. Then you'll better know who to bring along on the team to complement your strengths and shore up your weaknesses. This becomes a challenge when Vischer realizes his leadership team is meeting without him, making strategic decisions without his input, and he doesn't have the confidence to step in and change that. Lesson number five, bigger is no longer better. Watching his company grow so quickly, Vischer had a false sense of security. As a result, he committed to hiring more staff and beginning more projects than he had the capacity to fulfill. And fast forward to the present, and Vischer now runs a much smaller business where he operates from a philosophy that smaller and smarter is better and more flexible. And he believes key relationships, not size, is what builds strong businesses and organizations. I love that relationships or what build great organizations, not their size. Lesson number six, if he had to do it again, Fisher says he would let his business model determine his pay scales. He says that he made the mistake of believing that he could only attract talent if he paid equivalent salaries compared to other industry leaders at the time, like Disney. And in retrospect, he would have rather attracted team members committed to the mission even if he had to pay way below market value to grow slower and more stable. And then the last lesson, lesson number seven, build a team that rose in the same direction. Vischer tells a painful story of a long meeting with his company's leadership team where they are discussing the mission of Big Idea Productions. When Phil voices the mission of his company to create videos that proclaim biblical truths for children, the CEO at the time says, that he doesn't agree with the mission. And looking back, Vischer realizes that he was sharing his dream with audiences and investors around the world, but he had not instilled the same mission and core values within his own organization. So here are some final thoughts. In the last chapter of his book, Phil Vischer gets even more personal about the loss of a dream. He reveals how much of his identity was wrapped up in the 10 years of creating and growing big idea productions. Here he was being invited to speak on television in large churches, being covered by Inc. Magazine. His mission to make a difference in the world had become all consuming. Ironically, he realizes his work has become even more important than his own spiritual growth, which is what he believed propelled him into the business in the first place. In essence, Vischer had lost his dreams, but in the loss, he rediscovers a joy of what matters most. Through the pain, he begins to transition from a mindset of, quote-unquote, making a difference to simply finding satisfaction in his relationship to God. And by the end of the book, Vischer makes a point that I'm not sure I've seen anyone else make in a business story. When he was running Big Idea Productions, he had 
read the book Built to Last, another Jim Collins book that coined the acronym BHAG, which you may have heard me use on a previous episode, Big Hairy Audacious Goals. And Phil realizes that in his pursuit of a BHAG, he had made that pursuit become more important than even his faith. I'll quote him here. Quote, I'm very serious when I say this. Beware of your dreams, for dreams make dangerous friends. We all have them. Longings for a better life, a healthy child, a happy marriage, rewarding work. But dreams are, I have come to believe, misplaced longings, false lovers. Why? Because God is enough, just God. And he isn't enough because he can make our dreams come true, end quote. So let's wrap this up. As I read Phil Vischer's book over Christmas break, I had to ask myself, what lessons could we apply to our own dreams? As you lead a school or an organization in the coming year, let me encourage you to reflect on lessons from someone who lived the fulfillment and saw the loss of his own dreams. For many people, 2020 has been a year of lost dreams. Schools are going into a new year with tighter budgets. School leaders are facing the uncertainty of how much longer they'll be managing the protocols of a pandemic. Many of your students and families are in stressful situations. And for those who have lost loved ones in the pandemic, the loss is bitter and personal. So how do you keep pursuing what matters most even in the face of so much uncertainty? Well, Phil Vischer's book is a helpful glimpse at some common sense reminders of how to keep your eyes on your purpose how to remain optimistic while also facing a future with wisdom. So as you step into this new year, let me give you some questions for reflection. Consider these questions as you think about your plans for your school or your organization or personally in 2021. Question one, how do you not lose sight of what matters most as you pursue your dreams and goals? Question two, how do you keep perspective on the real data driving the outcomes of your school or organization and not become disoriented by what you think is happening. Question three, how do you resist the voice telling you that you deserve it when you want it, when you want something else that may not be good for you or your team? Question four, how do you trust your own expertise while also trusting others who can help you where you're weak? Question five, how can you build a team of others with like-minded goals and core values so that you are moving in the same direction. So that's it. Questions for you to think about as you move into this new year. I don't know if you have a dream that you have ever fulfilled and seen lost, or maybe something that you're pursuing now that you wonder if you'll ever reach. But in the process of doing the work that you do and serving others and dreaming big dreams, Don't lose sight of what matters most and use those questions as a way to reflect on 2021 from someone who's had a dream, fulfilled a dream, lost a dream, and learned a lesson in the process. Well, I hope that was helpful. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can find all my resources at my website at williamdparker.com. Until next week, thanks for doing what matters, and I'll talk to you soon.